Welcome to Making Sense of It All, helping you gain insight and take control of your wealth creation journey. Join your co-hosts from Vincent's, a national firm of highly specialized experts on all things financial. Jared Brooks, Director of Financial Advisory, and Brett Griffiths, Director of Superannuation Advisory. Along with special guests, they break down key concepts to help you achieve financial independence. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Making Sense of It All. I've got Brett Griffiths and Phil Ringway back in the podcast booth today. Welcome, guys. Hey, Jared. Hey, hey Jared. Hey, Brett. So, Phil, back in the podcast booth on our mortgage strategy series. So previously, we spoke about GET, so the concept of um, purchasing with confidence and how we get pre-approval and the different elements of the building up. So if, even if I'm looking at realestate.com, how do I line the ducks up in a row so I can execute on a purchase? This time, we're going to talk about KEEP. So where do we start? Great. Thanks for the segue, Jared. So KEEP, so really... What I wanted to talk about in this segment was, you know, you've gone through the hard work, you've acquired a property, you've understood and you've put your foot out there and you've got into the market, but we can't get lazy. So what we want to be talking about in this episode is really about how I'm going to manage my home loan or investment home loan, whatever the purpose was originally, into the future. And then that's going to hopefully dovetail nicely into our third episode, which is growing your property portfolio and the mortgage strategies that are actually behind that. So really where we're going to be spending our time today is we're going to talk a little bit about you know, what happens after you settle. What are the milestones that you might want to be considering? How long a loan is potentially valid for? And then we can cover off some of those features and benefits um, as well. Uh, and they're all very different in those respects as well. Some of them require a little bit further of an explanation, so we're not going to get too deep into them um, because we will actually create a little bit, um, we'll create a separate podcast or some additional information um, that you can utilise, which will really get granular and give you a really yeah, detailed Yeah, breaking down some yeah. of those terms and also busting a few myths when it comes to mortgage. Spot on. So I suppose the big one, and we spoke about this previously, is we've got to start with why. Yep. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And that's the first question we've got to ask ourselves. Are we correct? Correct. Correct. So as a as a mortgage broker um, and specializing in home loans as well, one of the biggest things I see is my clients come back to me quite often. So not my existing clients, I should say, <laughs> but new clients to our business. And they say, my rate's too high. I'm not getting this benefit. I'm hearing rates are at this point in time. Why don't I have an offset account? Can I use redraw? These are some common themes that I tend to see. And the reality is most people are actually informed about those at the start of their purchasing journey um, and actually taking out a mortgage. But I completely understand that when you're in a rush to acquire your first asset, all your attention is focused in one direction in particular. Mm-hmm. And you might be you might be glossing over a few of these things. And the fact yeah. it is that simple as it's the first time I'm going through this process. So when you're talking the terminology of offset versus redraw, fixed versus variable, there's a lot of concepts to take into consideration that you're trying to educate yourself on. Like you said, it's still the priority is executing on X property. Yeah. So there's a lot to take in and I can understand why it can be breezed over. and Yeah, correct. And yeah, Phil, you mentioned in our last episode about how you try and educate clients around some of these things because it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily about interest rates, it's about the overall um, 
uh, structure of the product, essentially, Correct. that might suit one client better than another. So even those new clients that are coming to see you and saying, well, why don't I have this feature or that? Well, it might be that at the time they didn't need that feature as or well. Or they didn't get it explained or to them whether explained this would them. serve them a purpose going forward. So you've yeah, got to yeah. get it right at the start, really. Correct. Or it didn't exist. Yep. Yeah. yeah. As well. yep. There's a real possibility of that um, at the same time. So, you know, that's a, that's a really good point you raise. I mean, one of the key things we want our clients to take away is we don't want them to think about us as providing them with the cheapest rate in the market. I mean, that that's useless. It's a nice to have. We really want them to understand why they took out a product and what purposes it actually servicing, and then the time frame that it actually relates to as well. Uh, there's always going to be multiple check-ins because the products and services change from time to time, but it's critical for our clients to be able to stand at a barbecue when their mate's telling them that they've got a cheaper interest rate and articulate that the reason why their interest rate looks different is because it's actually serving a separate purpose Yep, as well. Excellent. And that's really critical for us. So perhaps a really good way to start this is you know, covering off why we actually acquired a property in the first place. Because Different purposes will have different products that they require and perhaps different outcomes moving forward. And there's typically three three reasons why a client will acquire a property. The first one is for growth. So they want to buy an asset that they see some growth potential in. The second one is they see it as a potential income driver. They may actually see it as both of those items. Um, and the third one being lifestyle. And a lot of the times with the lifestyle property, uh, it's not a rational acquisition. And that's yeah, fine. Spot on. So there's no issues with that at all. But it's making sure that, you know, whilst it's not rational, you still have the right products and services. But we might just park that for today. So why don't we have a, a look at it, um, you know, if it was for growth purposes. So a lot of people acquiring a growth property, um, they come to us and they have a conversation that goes something like this. I'm thinking about acquiring a property. It has potential. I'll either renovate it or I'll stay in it for a period of time and then I'll get rid of it because I want to actually capitalize on the growth. When you're looking at a growth property, we're really considering these as a likely one-off acquisition to scale up into something bigger and better. Yeah. As opposed to when we're looking at a client who talks to us about creating an income stream, then we know that their property is either an immediate investment acquisition or it's likely a future investment acquisition. Yeah. So this is like a stepping stone property. It's like trying to work up to an, an asset purchase Correct. that's bigger than this. But right now, this is all I can afford. Yeah. Correct. Do my value add through yep. renovations or whatever it may be. Okay. Yeah. So it can be buying your first home and then doing improvements to it and you still might live in there for another 10 15 years mm-hmm. but ultimately you're doing it for a for a particular reason which is yeah. to generate future growth correct so when we're looking at a, um, a property that's being bought for growth purposes so we're thinking it's a one-off you'll buy it as an owner-occupied property and you're then going to move out of it and it's unlikely to be a future investment property we really have a, we really have many options in terms of the actual loan itself now, depending on where interest rates are at a particular point in time, you're either going to receive a variable rate or you'll receive a fixed rate. You may receive a mixture of both as well, but it's likely you receive one or the other. If you have a variable rate, you know that you've taken that rate because you have maximum flexibility. So you have the ability to pay off your loan as quickly as you can, and you also have access to features such as redraw, 
and offset. So what they essentially do is they allow you to pay your loan in advance and when you get ahead of your scheduled repayments, you can actually pull that money back out and utilise it for a separate purpose as well. So they're two pretty pretty critical functions that our clients are actually looking for. Now, when you're choosing a loan product, a lot of the time brokers or bankers will talk about basic products or no frills products. So that's when you'll get an unpackaged product, and I'll touch on packages in a moment, where you'll have access to redraw, you'll have the ability to pay off your loan, and you'll probably have a very low fee structure for both entry and ongoing. And these products are really great for people entering the property market and really don't have any further ambitions other than to just pay their loan off. Okay. Fixed rates can also be applicable to these loans, and in many cases, you might also have the ability to split your loan. So splitting means you can have a combination of both a fixed rate and a variable rate, which might enable you to get the best of both worlds in paying down your loan quickly, but also taking up a pretty exemplary rate. If we're looking at interest rates at the moment, typically the fixed rates are actually far below the variable rates as well, which can be pretty unusual. But, you know, it depends on when you're actually entering the market as okay. well. So just break down again for me, variable rates, why are they variable? So, what, what does it mean to be a variable rate? So a variable rate in its simplest explanation can move at any time. With the bank's decision, just say? It's a common misconception. So many people think that it's actually linked to the Reserve Bank decision, and that's when we actually get our mo- the most amount of publicity. But the reality is banks typically don't raise funds within Australia. They're linked to external and wholesale markets, or they're leveraging our deposit holders base as well. So whilst the Reserve Bank of Australia is a driver of interest rates, largely through the media scrutiny that follows and the pressure that comes onto the banks, you shouldn't expect the banks to typically follow the Reserve Bank decisions and outcomes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In so, saying that, it is very common that it does. Yeah. yeah so saying because of the pressure that comes from media and the like. That's right. Correct. So at the end of the day, my variable rate means my repayments on a monthly basis or however often I'm paying them mm-hmm. can vary slightly due to the interest rate the bank is charging me. Correct. So the benefit to you is you have flexibility. You can make lump sum reductions. You can pay off your loan. You can use redraw and you can use offset. The downside to you is your repayments are variable, which means that if interest rates do go up, and when they do go up, they do go up quite quickly, you're not protected. So yeah. your, your repayments can fluctuate over time. So you need to be pretty aware of where your ceiling is in terms of your repayments and what your actual budget is. Okay, so well. then this is where we go to the fixed rate side. Um, a concept that we might use a fixed rate might benefit, although we lose mm-hmm. some features and benefits. Yes. If we go the fixed route, it could be a risk management strategy because we need certainty around our cash flow in a family budget perspective. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we can put into the family budget, okay, X expense is for the interest and principal repayments on my home loan. Mm-hmm. And as a result, over the next three, four, five-year period, my rate is fixed and therefore my repayment is fixed. Correct. So... Most of the time when people come to us and they speak about fixed rates, it's because they're going to beat the banks, so or in their head at least. Yes. I've not really seen anybody win to date, <laughs> including so myself several times. So you're saying there's beat the banks, is it because they're fixing it now with the expectation rates are going to increase? Correct. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely right. That's not why you should be fixing your interest rates. The reason why we talk to our clients about fixed interest rates is that 
really as a hedge or to provide certainty. So from a risk management perspective, you're absolutely spot on. What we say to our clients is, where's that pain point for you? Okay. And if it's close to what their repayments are at the point in time that they take out the loan, and a lot of the time it is, because let's face it, we're scrapping to get into our first property and build our portfolio. Lock it in, Eddie. Lock it in. (laughs) Exactly right. And what that allows us is it just gives us time to grow. So it allows us to actually have certainty of what our repayments will be for a period of time. So we can actually budget for that. And hopefully throughout that period of time, we do see some growth in this asset at the same time. So we're then creating some equity. Again, a term we'll touch on shortly as well. You can create a savings buffer or if you're young, hopefully your income profile will grow at the Mm -hmm. same time. So by the time it does come off a fixed rate, if the rates are higher, you're going to be able to manage that a lot easier. Now, Phil, a typical home loan goes for 25, 30 years. Is that mm-hmm. how long they work? Yep. What about, so what about fixed loans or fixed interest rates yep. on a loan? How long do they last for? Yeah, so spot on. Um, typically, we do provide home loans to under 45s it's for up to 30 years. We can still offer home loans for over 45s uh, um, for the same period of time. There's just additional considerations that we need to make. Now, when you're looking at a fixed rate, typically it's between one and five years. So right now, where we're seeing the most value for money is about the three and the four-year fixed rate periods. There's some exemplary rates around the four-year fixed rate. You know, we're seeing well under 2% yeah. as well. So it's very, very attractive. I don't want to get ahead of the conversation, but fixed rate could happen at the start of my loan. Can mm-hmm. I also access potentially a fixed rate throughout my loan term in terms of, okay, my partner might be going on maternity leave Mm -hmm. and now I want certainty around a cash flow position. Correct. So if you take the right loan product at the right bank, you should have the ability to switch a loan. So when we say switch a loan, there's a few things you can do. You're switching from either um, fixed to variable or variable to fixed. You can switch your repayment types as well from interest from principal and interest, which you would typically have, to interest only. Um, they're largely the key things that you would be switching your loan for. There are other products which we won't really get into today, um, but you can also split your loan. So you should have the ability at most banks to be able to have both a fixed and a variable portion as well, which can really be a tool to help you make the most of your ability to pay down your loan, but also give you some certainty in terms of your interest rates. Yeah, and this all keeps coming back to the fact interest rate is not the key. Yeah. These other uh, sort of elements of the product mm-hmm. and the flexibility can lead to maybe not choosing the lowest interest rate because you need these other um, elements of the, the loan. Mm. Correct. Absolutely spot on. So some things to know <laughs> about fixed rates though is typically you don't have the ability to redraw. Um, or have offset. Although there's some really innovative banks, not the ones that you would all know and love, um, but who are actually offering these products. So importantly, speaking to a broker, you might be able to get access to some of these products that are probably superior to our traditional banking products as well. That will give you a, a bit of a blend. The other really important consideration is whilst you go into a fixed rate, you may be penalised for exiting it if you're not exiting it at the end of the fixed period. So what we call that is an early repayment adjustment. 
um, or a break fee as it's commonly known. And what that is, is it's essentially the banks recouping the interest that they would have acquired from you over that period of time when the rate is actually fixed. You know, there's a very detailed um, methodology or calculation that goes into it, which I would absolutely not bore you with today. <laughs> um, but look, you, you really, if you want to understand as to whether you might be facing a break cost, you just have to look at it from the bank's perspective. Mm. Is the bank currently making money out of you or are they not? So a really good example of that is if interest rates are 2% right now and your rate is 1%, they're probably going to let you out for a minimal cost because they can recoup your money that they're lent to you at 1% and they can lend it to somebody at 2%. Yeah, that makes sense completely. Okay. Yep. And the exact opposite is also true. If rates go in the other direction and they're charging you more than the rates currently are, you can likely expect a break cost um, to be associated with your loan. Okay. So now do we want to talk to principal and interest and interest only? Correct. So principal and interest um, and interest only are two really important considerations. Typically, when you're acquiring a property, most banks will expect you to be making principal and interest repayments, especially when it's an owner-occupied property. The reason you would have the reason for that is Anyone who's acquiring an owner-occupied property should be working towards amortizing their debt to a point where it's non-existent. Amortization means? So essentially paying off the principal component or just the debt itself in its simplest Mm -hmm. format. Why they expect that of you is there's no benefit from a taxation perspective, and we do have an accountant in the room (laughs) (laughs) um, who can confirm that, but in most cases, there'll be no benefit to you in actually maintaining um, a debt associated with a property, um, which purpose is as your actual residence as well. Why you would go interest only? Well, there's a couple of levers. The first one might be budgeting. It could be as simple as that. So it helps with cash flow because your principal is a big chunk of your mortgage repayment. Yep. So if you remove that big chunk of the mortgage repayment and you're only paying the interest, it helps with cash flow. Absolutely. So your repayment will decrease significantly. So why people would take up or you know, examples of why people might take up interest only on an owner-occupied loan could be what you said before. I'm having a kid. I've got a particular lifestyle change. Our budget's changing and we just want some certainty or some additional cash flow back into our property. All of those reasons are valid, but we just have to be able to present those reasons um, Share as your well. story with the bank. Correct. Yep. Now, if you had an investment property, why you would want interest only is because that then is good debt. So debt associated with an investment purchase can actually be deductible in most cases or some cases at least. And if you are in that place, interest only makes sense because you're creating deductions, which means you're paying less tax. Yep. And also you can, again, redirect what would have been a principal repayment to further wealth creation strategies or or paying down another property, which may be your principal place of residence. Correct. Undeductible. Spot on, Jared. Now, one of the big considerations you need to make though, and where people have got themselves into significant trouble, um, you know, perhaps because of the banks to a certain respect, um, is they haven't understood the implications of taking out an interest-only loan. So, Brett, you talked about the average loan term being 30 years, and that's spot on. So if I take out an interest-only loan for five years 
and my original loan term is 30 years, then I've eaten into five years of that and I've got 25 years to pay my, to my loan. Principal. Yep. So what happens? Your principal repayments go up because you're having to pay back your loan over a, a shorter period of time. time. Same amount, but over a shorter period of time. That's right. Correct. So the consideration there needs to really be at the 25-year mark, what is my repayment likely to be? Now, there's a lot of variables in that because we won't really know what the interest rates are going to be. Unfortunately, yep. we don't have a crystal ball on this podcast, so we <laughs> won't be able to tell you that. Brett tries every now and again. <laughs> every now and again. <laughs> but if rates go up significantly, that could be quite a large impost. Yes. Mm. So you just need to be aware that that could be the case. Now, of course, you have the options. Should you be able to service them to extend your interest-only period for a further period of time or even perhaps restructure your loan back over a 30-year period so you don't actually have um, you know, that really steep increase in principal repayments? But that's completely circumstantial. Yeah. Because yeah. your position may have deteriorated over time and deterioration could just mean you now have a couple of kids. Cost <laughs> <laughs> of living is higher, therefore. Exactly. So you may not be able to demonstrate that you can service your loan because whilst your incomes have stayed the same and interest rates might have dropped, your cost of living is certainly higher. Oh, yeah. Okay. So an important consideration. Yep. So you're sort of rolling the dice a little bit with interest only loans in that regard, I suppose. Look, you're rolling the dice with anything. But you are. I want to stop that. You're yeah. not rolling the dice if you think ahead. Yeah. So you, why Phil started with asking the question of why working with Phil or working with an advisor is that you've got to be projecting out five, 10 years time. So if you can put in place mortgage strategy that works for you now, you've got to be taking into consideration what your circumstances look like in five years time. Mm. So if you and, can project that or forecast that and have a good understanding that your partner might be returning to work, then cash flow might be okay. Yeah. And also the future use for that property in five years' time. Correct. So you've got to be thinking ahead. It's not just the execution. Think about what the purpose will look like in yeah. that five, 10-year period. Yeah. And look, I, I probably would also say that when you're looking at an investment loan rather than a loan for an owner-occupied property or say if this property that you currently have is likely to become an investment property, your conversation needs to move away from basic loan products and services to more sophisticated ones. And that's where you're going to hear things like you require a loan package. And what's inside that package? Well, generally at a cost, it buys you some discounts for your interest rates. It might give you a credit card. It might give you some fee-free bank accounts. But largely the most important product that it delivers is an offset account. Yeah. And an offset account is critical for you to have if you are actually intending to convert this property into an investment at some point in time. The reason for that is because if you come into any amount of cash or you start to get ahead of your scheduled repayments and you put that into your loan or your redraw, you begin to actually pay off your loan. Now, once you've repaid your loan, you, and you need to take that money out, say for another purchase, a car, for family reasons, you've reset your cost base. So your loan drops to a lower amount, which means you can only claim the interest on that lower amount. Incomes offsets. By having an offset account, you can still achieve exactly what you've done by putting money into your loan and using redraw. The difference is your money sits in a parallel account. So it never really pays your loan amount down or you won't see it. It will still remain at the same level, but money will occur, uh, increase in your offset account. And for every dollar you have in offset is a dollar you don't pay in interest on your actual loan account. 
The benefit is that when you do take it out, you don't reset your cost base because your loan balance never fluctuated up or down. So you can repurpose that money that you've been able to do, save and get ahead in terms of your payments and use that for another investment while still maintaining the highest possible level of potentially deductible debt. And that's critical um, in terms of a consideration. Uh, Many accountants would talk to their clients about that when they're acquiring a property. It's just simply good tax planning as well. Okay. I think the offset discussion we need to expand on in a later episode when we go to grow because sure. the use of that for helping build out property portfolios, it's bank's gift to us as investors. Mm-hmm. And understanding the concept of not muddling up your, the purpose of your loan and to maximize tax deductions, but also to offset interest over the long term can have a material impact on your longer term wealth creation strategies. So we certainly um, flick us any questions you do have around that because we need to go into a deeper dive on that as well. Spot on. Now, look, I probably lastly just get into the, the common question that I'm asked. How often should I look at my loan? So we're maintaining it or we're keeping it at this point in time. Well, you really do need to be attuned to the environment. There's no bad amount of time to be tinkering with your loan. If the environment changes sufficiently in one day, then change your loan um, if it makes sense as well. So you should be constantly looking and reviewing at your loan. Now, obviously, looking at it every single day is pretty silly. (laughs) However, you should be having conversations or at least being open to the prospect of new products, new services, and changes in interest rates. So what we tend to say to our clients is at the very least, you should have an annual conversation with whoever funded you, whether it's your banker or it's your broker or you did it yourself. Look at the market and understand why you took out your loan at that point in time versus where you are and what your intentions are today. Yeah. So do you have the right mix of features, offset, redraw, fixed, variable to deliver the benefits you require, making extra repayments, paying down your interest and getting ahead of your loan. So you really need to be marrying those up constantly. And I think there's two sides of it is that the market can change around interest rates, products and Mm -hmm. all those sort of things. But two, your circumstances can change. Mm. You might go into a a property and purchase it and then in a couple of years' time you realise, okay, this isn't the right location. Our family's grown faster than we thought maybe. Whatever it might be, your circumstances might have changed and therefore having that discussion might give you a bit of an idea of what your options are. And that is an important discussion to have. Yeah, absolutely. Just don't wait. Don't be that client who says, my rate hasn't dropped for five years because the amount of interest we see so many clients lose on that period of time because they weren't proactive about their loan product. And yes, I know you've come to a broker or you've come to a banker and they're meant to be there and supporting you, but ultimately you need to drive these yeah. outcomes yeah. yourself as well. So if you're not getting the service, make a change. Because, yeah, because, yeah it's, for, it's for the client's benefits, right? So it's Only for your benefit. Yeah. That's exactly right. All right. 
Is that pretty much everything for for this time around? Yeah, look, I think that covers it off nicely. So hopefully you've learned a little bit about, you know, I've got my loan, what should I consider? How often should I check it? You know, what are some of the features versus those benefits? Um, You know, really looking forward to being able to catch up and roll into the next segment. Yeah, so next time around, we're going to grow. So how we become a savvy investor. So think things such as how do we actually use equity and what we'll start is what is equity? Mm-hmm. How do we use equity and how do we grow our portfolio? And that will come back to as well some more conversation around mortgage strategy, the features and benefits that we have, and how we can use those to maximize tax deductions and everything as we grow our property investment portfolio. Spot on. So Looking forward to it. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Brett. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Another good one there from Phil. Really hope you enjoyed that mortgage strategy number two. So uh, make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a review, and any questions? Making sense of it all at vincents.com.au. Certainly. So shoot those in. I know there's a lot of sort of um, words that the average person doesn't use on a day-to-day basis. So if you want some more information or further discussion around those, like offset accounts, we can certainly have those. But until next time, Brett, remember to gain insight and take control. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, mate. The information contained in this podcast should not be interpreted as advice. It is general in nature and does not take into account your individual financial situation or needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial decision, we recommend you consult with a licensed professional advisor to consider your unique circumstances. Guests appearing on this podcast may have a commercial relationship with the companies mentioned. 